I wouldn't change you for the world, but I would change the world for you. This is a quote I read that really resonated with me and aligned with this episode. Today, I speak with Danielle and Christina, two best friends who have sons with special needs. Not only are they amazing women, but they also started a fundraiser to bring awareness and help the lives of others. Join me as I learn about their incredible boys and their journey so far. Danielle and Christina, welcome to the Anything But Simple Talk podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you both here and I'm so glad you guys reached out because this is a topic I'm excited to learn more about and I think it's incredible how you guys came together and in unseen circumstances and it brings me to my first question which is how did you two meet? So both of our boys attended a private school and therapy center in Toronto years ago. Um, And that's how we met. And then from there, we kind of grew our friendship through a fundraiser that we started. Um, And then we just kind of stayed together and and started blogging and started just showcasing what we do and how we do it with as special needs parents. Yes. And obviously in a school, there's lots of kids, lots of moms. How did you two find each other to be like you and me? We need to be friends. Well, location was one, definitely, because never did I think that she was like five minutes away from my house. And we actually met in Toronto. So we didn't even meet in the area. And then because of the fundraiser, um, we actually had this rival. (laughs) And it was a good one because we were trying to compete as to who can raise the most for our boys. And so that's how it started. And at first it was just like, okay, I got to beat her. I got to beat her. I got to beat her. And then after it was like, okay, guys, you know what? I think we just need to come together and do this together because we just work so well together. I love that because most of the time people would be, (laughs) most of the time people would be against each other if you're both competitive, but you guys were stronger together. And that's very, very evident because how many years have you been friends now? Uh, Almost 10 Almost 10. Yeah, that's a very, very long time. So obviously your kids were were much younger when they met. And Daniela, how old was your son when you started to see the signs that maybe something wasn't quite right? He was around 22 months exactly when we noticed a difference. Um, Prior to that, he was reaching his milestones. He was talking. He was doing things. um, And then all of a sudden, he got really, really sick. He had multiple ear infections had a really, really high fever, and then he became mute. And then from there, we kind of were like, okay, something's not here, something's wrong, what's going on? And it was almost like, and and some people will say that it was like a switch turned off. And that's exactly what happened, a switch turned off, and then we just kind of went into this whole process of what do we do, where do we go, who do we talk to? And it was a, a little bit of a struggle to actually find the services that we needed. And so did you go to your family doctor and were they like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's, it's nothing. Like, what was that process like? I must have been frustrated. Frustrating. Um, yes. The family doctor was very frustrating. I mean, and we love her. Like, I mean, she's, she's amazing and she gets it now. But at that time, I don't think autism really was like popular. Not popular, but not something that a lot of people talked about. And I think it was a little bit taboo at that time. So, and especially it being a boy... And an only child, because he's an only child, everyone was like, oh, it's okay, he's a boy, 
he's delayed. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. And mama's gut was like, no, something is up. Something is different. So then I started with early intervention. And from there, they were the ones that actually said, okay, you know what? He's, they call it red flags. Checking off of certain things. He's not really social. He's got certain behaviors. He's not verbal. Um, we really need to start testing him. And unfortunately, because of the system, it actually took us 18 months to get him tested. There was a wait list. That's incredible. And that sounds very, very frustrating for sure. And you see, you always have to trust your gut. Like, even as a new mom, you just know you're connected to this person that grew inside of you. You know that something wasn't right. And it's good that you kept fighting to get the answers you needed. Christina, your son was also diagnosed with autism. How old was he when this came about and how did that change your lives? Well, um, he's my firstborn as well. And he was born with um, Down syndrome, but we didn't find that out until three days after he was born. So just like autism, um, there are a lot of characteristics that are similar. So we didn't have the warnings until about he was seven years old when it was both the school and the physician that recommended him go for testing and that's when he was formally diagnosed at uh, seven years old um, and it it didn't really change anything because with down syndrome we had therapy the same things the same kind of programs with autism you we had to go with down syndrome so occupational therapy speech physiotherapy behavioral therapy um we already had uh, an iep which is an individualized education plan set in place at school the only thing that changed with this is that it was now labeled as autism and it gave us more support than what we had before, which was a little frustrating because as I mentioned, it's the same kind of support that we needed, regardless when you, from when he was born to when he was seven years old. But because of the way that the government uh, applies funds, um, it was the autism program is acknowledged. So it wasn't until then that we started receiving a little bit more assistance for Adriano. Yeah. And I'm not very educated in how long, you know, things have been around, but I mean, I feel like I've obviously known about Down syndrome from when I was a little child and autism is something I kind of just started learning about a couple years ago. So why do you think it is that you only got that support that he needed when it was labeled as autism, as opposed to Down syndrome, when they also need that same support? It's just how the government sees the programs, sees where the money is more suited. And this, this is why it's frustrating because regardless of what your child has, it's all a learning disability and they all require the same kind of assistance. So regardless of when when it was diagnosed, he was born at the very beginning. So as I said, it's just the way that our government has um, allocated the assistance. And that's what's, again, very frustrating about it. Yeah, for sure. And Christina, what do you want to say are some misconceptions about Down syndrome that people might not really know about that you'd like to clarify? Um, typically that they can't read or play sports or live normal lives, which is the complete opposite. So there are very famous people 
um, that can do it. Like actors and athletes, um, like there was Chris Nick, Nick uh, sorry, I pronounced his name wrong, Chris Nickich. He was the first uh, 21-year-old who completed the Ironman triathlon. I can't even do that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> okay? You know what I mean? Like, and But singers and actors, and it's not only with Down syndrome, anybody who has a special needs is always thought of they can't do it, which is not the reality. They can do it. They may need a little bit more time, a little bit more patience, a little bit more assistance, but they can do anything they put their hearts out to. Yeah. And how important would you say for both of you, would it be to, because as a mom, obviously, you know, I have my children who have their insecurities and I'm constantly trying to motivate them the way you're saying you can do it. You have kind of they're looking at other people seeing that they're not the same as them. So you have to work that much harder to make sure that they see that every day. What are some things that you do or some tips that you can give to other moms of how to help inspire their child? Well, basically let them do it. Let them try. I mean, you don't know what they're capable until you let them try. I mean, I was one of the ones, I was a helicopter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And Really, because he's my only child. He also has autism. But then I said, you know what? Let him try. If he wants to learn how to do the laundry, let him try. If he wants to go outside and ride a bike, let's do it. If we want to take a trip, let's try. I mean, you don't know what they're capable of doing it unless you give them that opportunity. So it's like getting them out of their comfort zone is very, very important. Yeah, I love that. That makes a lot of sense because a lot of moms who are helicopter moms in general don't want their kids to try something because they're afraid that they'll get hurt or something will happen. You have to just let them go for it, whether they have a special need or not, because they could surprise you, you know? And it's even, it's even don't let what society, the, the looks, the stares, don't let that bother you. Just, just do it. Just let them be. Let them be what they want to do. Let them act the way they want to act. It's just who they are. And actually, the society needs to learn to accept them in all forms. Absolutely. And you know what? That's probably one of the hardest things for you as a, you're a human being. Yes, that's your child. But it must be hard. Even when me, if I go to the store, my daughter has a tantrum or my son's freaking out. And you have that like feeling of like embarrassment. I'm ashamed. And, you know, do you have to get past that? And just be like, it is what it is, you know? Maybe people don't understand, but they have to get over it. Yeah, you know what it is, though? It's it's more we have to, because at the very beginning, I'm sure we both felt, okay, they have to be on their best behavior. We can't have those behaviors displayed in public because people will look at them as if they could be the bad child or, you know, whatever they are thinking in their heads. You know what? Every kid is the same. They're all going to have tantrums. They're going to have good days. They're going to have bad days. We're not going to treat our children any different. And we're going to keep on challenging them. We're going to keep on encouraging them. And we're going to praise everything that happens. And as I said, if you have a child, regardless of special needs or not, you encourage them to do what they want. You don't know what they're going to enjoy. Let them try everything. 100%. Absolutely. I love that so much. I love that. So what do you find is the most challenging part of being a mom with a child that has autism? Since both of your children have autism, do they, how high on the spectrum are they? And what are the challenges that you find 
with that? Well, Mateo is nonverbal. So that's a totally different challenge. Um, he communicates with a device. So that can be a little bit different and a little, little bit difficult, um, but he's definitely getting better at it, which is awesome. Um, so when you're kind of out in public, having to carry that around all the time is a little bit of a challenge. Um, having to answer questions, they'll look at Mateo. And because, so because autism, you can't physically tell that they have autism and he's now practically my height. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like that they'll turn around and they'll say, they'll try to talk to him or they'll they'll look at him and he'll be like vocalizing rather than talking. So a lot of people are like, we'll just kind of like look at him or, or wonder what's happening. And that's a challenge. That's definitely a challenge because he's nonverbal. However, I mean, that kid is smart and he listens to everything. He hears everything. He understands everything. So just because he doesn't communicate with you in the way that we are communicating doesn't mean that he's not understanding. So that's a main challenge for a lot of us. How do you know that he is understanding? Is it because he's able to respond with the device? So he is able to respond with the device. And then he will, like, if we turn around and say, okay, Mateo, we're going to go to the beach. Or, okay, Mateo, go get dressed. He's like, okay. And he does it. So he understands everything. There was actually a funny story because my husband and I were actually talking about ice cream one day. And he had a craving for ice cream, my husband. And then all of a sudden, Mateo just, out of the blue, came to sit in between us and with his devices and said, I want ice cream. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> you want ice cream. So you father. <laughs> Go get ice cream. So, and it was just like, that's how you know. He's totally understanding. I love that. And that kind of gives a little bit of hope to to maybe parents who have kids who are younger, who aren't as advanced with this amazing device, that they're like unsure if they understand, but but they will figure it out and they will find a way to communicate, which is so reassuring. That's so nice. You must have felt fantastic when he did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, whatever ice cream you want, we're getting it now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. My husband actually just like jumped. And it was like, okay, let's go. Yeah, um. Let's go for ice cream kind of thing. So yeah, it was it was one of those moments where we were like, oh, okay. Um, and then we were also thinking like, mm, I think we need to be careful on how, what we say and how we say things. <laughs> we be picking up other things as well. That's right. That's so true. And then with you with Down syndrome, there's obviously so many misconceptions that people that people have of it. What is the most frustrating or challenging part for you, aside from misconceptions that you have to live with your day-to-day -day life with him? Well, typically it's the, they think that they can't talk or they can't walk, um, but they can. In Adriano's case, he can speak, he is verbal, but he's his vocab isn't as clear. Um, he does speak very fast. So when you're talking to him, um, some people are, you know, always asking, pardon, pardon. And if you know him, you know exactly what he's saying. He's got a certain vocab and he understands and you understand him. He can be understood. Um, he's also impulsive. So he's a runner. Um, he likes to grab and touch. He's a very touchy feely kid, loves to give hugs. And right now, because of, you know, our crazy time, we'd be going for a walk and he would see a stranger and just want to go up to them and hug them and say hello. He's very friendly that way, but 
you know, learning how to stand back, just use your words instead of using your hands. Um, so that's where we see the challenges more with Adriano. Um, but it's always, it's every day is a different, yeah. <laughs> it's a different day and always a different surprise. And for him, we're always learning more and more, um, even with his um, understanding. We're learning that one day have a conversation with us, the next day he's having conversations or he's noticing things outside like we're babysitting a fish right now for a friend of ours and the fish was on the table in the bowl I didn't say anything to him he all of a sudden came into the kitchen saw the fish oh look mommy a fish with his words grabs the fish bowl and starts to go inside grabbing the fish <laughs> so we're all of a sudden running to the table like so impressed he noticed the fish and then he used his words to tell us, look, there was a fish. But then immediately we're like, no, don't touch the fish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it sounds like you guys, like you really, both of you are so like positive and, and, and looking at these little things and being so grateful. And that's what you have to do, right? You have to be grateful of all these moments, big and small. And I love that you do that. That's so beautiful. Um, how has your friendship changed and how has the lives of your children changed since you guys came into each other's lives? Um, our friendship is very strong because we get each other. We don't have to apologize for anything. We don't have to explain because we yeah. totally understand. And we feel so comfortable that I can watch her son, she can watch my son, and there's no fear. Like, she, we know each other's boys inside and out like they're our own kids yep. um which has definitely made us stronger too because we do everything together so it's not just school related stuff we do together we do everything we'll go to the movie we'll go out for lunch we'll just hang go out to the beach go to the beach that's right <laughs> we'll do everything next next is vacation we have to vacation yes together. that's one that we definitely need to do yeah yeah i feel like you guys are so lucky to have each other and you know i have people in my life who maybe their children have certain needs and I don't understand it personally. I mean, I want to help. I want to be there for them as much as I can, but obviously it's nothing like having a friend who just totally gets it. Like you guys get it and can help each other, but can you give me advice and maybe other people like me who have those friends who have their own situations? Like how can I be a better friend and be a good supportive friend without offending or hurting anybody's feelings? Like what can I do? Just be there. Just be there, check in on them, um, just drop off a coffee, um, just check in. Basically, it's more of like, hey, how's it going? Do you need anything? Or do you want anything? That's basically what we kind of want. And it's more of just saying, hey, thinking about you, do you want to hit the park? Do you want to go here? Stuff like that. I mean, it's just being there for the person. You don't have to actually end actually to listen. Listen is a big thing. Having a bad day, just listen and don't compare. So that's the other thing is, for instance, if my son is up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm dead tired, like don't turn around and say, yeah, you know what? Uh, I was up all night yeah, binge watching as well, a TV. And it's like, mm, eh, that's not the same, yeah. but okay. So it's just more of just listening and being there for the person. And also, I would also suggest including the mm. child as well, yeah. because there are often times where, like, my son wasn't invited to a birthday party because he doesn't 
interact with the school classmates like how the typical children would. But at the same time, you don't know what the child is interpreting. So try and include them. Again, you be, you could be surprised the kind of friendships and uh, even the way that the children are being brought up and an understanding of the special need themselves. There's a lot of empathy involved there. And as I said, it's just, it helps develop every child better. Absolutely. That's such great advice. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Um, and how important do you think support groups online are? Because they probably weren't around so much when your kids were born, right? But now they're all over the place. How important do you think that is for, for moms, even kids? I, I think support groups nowadays are a little bit better. Um, before, like you said, there wasn't any. It was one of those things that you would just research and you would hear word of mouth and you would talk to this person and maybe get some information. Um, it, information really wasn't there for us. Now there's a lot more support groups. However, there's pros and cons. I mean, you get a lot of tips, great tips. Um, you'll find out different places that are very inclusive. You get to their families and other parents and you're actually able to connect that way. And I think it's more of the one-on-one -on -one that you actually meet with other parents and under they understand you and you understand them rather than the actual whole support group. Um, sometimes in the support groups, there could be a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, but I mean, overall, it's, it's a great resource, like place to find things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be good and bad in those groups, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, I get that. Um, okay. So I was thinking about you guys so much about what you live in day to day, probably, probably maybe safe to say more challenging when they are younger because younger kids are really, really hard, extra hard. Um, but how important is it for you guys to have time for yourselves, for you guys to like go to a spa or just like have a night out together for dinner? Like all moms need this, but I feel like you guys extra need it. Does, is that oh, yeah, safe to definitely. say? Oh yes, it is very safe to say. <laughs> but regardless if you have one child or four, <laughs> you all need a break. Um, even just to reset, just to kind of clear your heads and then recharge and start again, come back fresh mind. As I said, it's, it's great for everybody. It doesn't necessarily mean just special needs, yeah. but anybody who has, who have children, even if you don't have children, even from work, you need that break just to kind of reset. Absolutely. And the reason that I say that you guys need it extra isn't only because of the special needs. It's, it's, it's the fact that you it's like you can never just truly relax. Like I feel like you're you're always a little nervous. Like I feel like that with my own kids too. Like in kids in general, is like once you have a child, it's like you you can no longer sleep. Not even fine. They have a great night. You're just always thinking and worried about them and what the next day can bring. So it's so important that you have that time for yourselves and for you guys to just like hang out and talk alone and vent together. You're so lucky to have each other. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, so you came together, you decided to start a fundraiser. I want to know all about this. Cool. So <laughs> Together We Are Better started off as just like a little mini fundraiser, silent auction. 
We had just uh, a couple of vendors at the time. We had some entertainment, whether it was like a clown doing balloons or a magician. Um, now it's gotten, as the years went by, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And it's basically the two of us. Yeah. So um, I would say we usually have, we usually go to Trio, which is a, um, a soccer field, indoor soccer field up here in Woodbridge. And we take over two soccer fields. We usually have 20 vendors. We have over 200 silent auction items. We get a magician. We get food trucks. We get um, bouncy castles. One of those big 13-foot obstacle course. It's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Unfortunately, the last two years, we haven't been able to do anything. We actually had to cancel our last one, like, what was it, a month, month before. Yeah. Um, and then, so, well, but hopefully next year. And what we try and do as well is we try and make it more of a family-friendly event. So it's a fundraiser, but instead of making it like your typical gala, which is very formal and sit down, dinner, eating, we try and include all of our kids because we wanted something that our own kids could participate in. So this is definitely a reason why we have this kind of a fundraiser. We hold it every once a year. Well, hopefully next year. <laughs> we'll try again. <laughs> Absolutely. So what... What do you think is the most successful part of it? Do you go up there and you, you share your story every year? Do you have different people that, um, that support you guys that you like to acknowledge? It's different every year. Um, we, we've had, we've showcased um, different abilities sometimes. We've had singers. Um, we've had people drop in that are famous um so it's kind of it's different every year and it just depends um but i think the our our silent auction is actually like a showstopper there's 200 items or more and that's exactly that's where we raise the money from. yeah so 100 of everything from the silent auction is actually what we give back so whether it's for um, a therapy, whether it's for um, the equipment. equipment, books, we sometimes donate it to center, sometimes we donate to a family. So it all depends. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you guys. How many years have you done this for now? It would have been nine. Yeah. Yeah. This year would have been our ninth year. So we did it for seven consecutive years. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure that when you do it again, when you're back at it, it's going to be better than ever. Yes, we hope. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> we got to get back into the group of things now. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Okay, so what advice would you give to other moms who have children with special needs? Treat them like any other child. Um, yes, you have to be a little bit more patient. Yes, it takes a little bit more time for your child to reach those goals, but don't give up. Keep on encouraging and continue to do everything and anything for your child as if you would do it for another sibling. Let them experience everything that life has to offer. I think also to take it one day at a time. Don't automatically think about the future as to what if, what are they going to be like? Where, what am I going to do? Yes. Look at the future. Yes. 
best prepare yourself for the future. Don't dwell on the future because they change from year to year to year. And they can even change from month to month. So what they couldn't do a month ago, they've excelled and they've mastered it now. So just take it one day at a time and enjoy the moment. And I would like to also add, don't compare your child with special needs to another child with special needs. Just because they have the same type of need doesn't mean that they're going to behave and learn and grow the same. Every child is different. So just acknowledge that your child can and will reach those goals when he or she is ready. That's so beautiful. Thank you for that advice. Um, and tell me, tell me something you want to share about each of your kids, something, anything at all, something funny, something kind, anything at all, share something with me about them. I feel like I know them a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adriano, he's a very, as I said, very lovable child, always smiling, um, always wants to give you a hug. He's, as I said, every time you see him, you can't help, but laugh and smile along because that's what he makes you feel he's very kind very funny he's very energetic um loves music loves sports like soccer and swimming loves to read loves to uh, play with bubbles so he's as i said very fun loving energetic positive he's always positive (laughs) which kind of yeah he he, is yes yeah he's always positive which that's what i'm saying He, he will change Because just by being around him, he will change your mood. Always put you in a good mood. Mateo's the charmer. (laughs) So Mateo, he's nonverbal, but he -hmm. will give you the eye. He will give you the dimple. And he will, like, just come to you and give you the look and just kind of caress you. And he'll touch your hair or something. And it's like, he's such a, he is. He's such a flirt. What? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and you just kind of love him for that. He was actually known at uh, one, of, one of the center as Casanova. Oh my gosh, they were, really? They were called Casanova <laughs> because just the way that he would just, he, that's his way of getting out of doing work. Mm-hmm. Of course. He would like, and he will, on his device, will say, I want a hug. I want tickles. I want a hug. And it's just like, that's his way of trying to get away from doing work. So yeah, he's he's also very sneaky, sneaky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it sounds like the I two of it. them together would be a force. <laughs> yeah, they right? They are. So funny thing, even with the two of them together, they're like, there's moments, they're yes. like brothers. So there's moments where they love each other and there's moments where they're mm-hmm. like, no, I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Christina, Daniela, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast, um, for teaching me more about these unfortunate diagnosis, but showing me that they are, they're just like every other child there. We look at, I look at, you, you know what they say special needs, but to me, special isn't a bad word. It's a beautiful word, right? They're special for a reason. 
And I think that that's so beautiful. And to me, I look at moms who take care of these special needs. And I do think of you guys as superheroes. Like I think single moms, moms with kids with special needs, like you guys are in that same bucket of like superheroes because it takes a very special person to care and love and, and do what you do and have that extra patience. Cause sometimes I lose my cool, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, how how do we do this right we're all in this together and i appreciate you guys taking the time to educate me and and share your story and i would love to be a part of your fundraiser when you do it again i used to be an event planner so if you need any help i would love to support you in any way <laughs> definitely <laughs> but thank you thank you so much for being here today it means so much to me Thank you for having us. Thank you for sharing our story. Um, and I think I think a lot of it, we have to thank our team, our, our teachers. And I think that they're the ones that actually do a lot of the work as well. So we need to thank them for raising our kids as great as they are. Yes, definitely. Everyone's been amazing. Thank you for being our support. Um, thank you for your understanding and thank you for accepting Yes. That's the main thing. It's acceptance. So thank you so much for having us, Susie. Thank you so much. And you can find Danielle and Christine on Instagram at two, the number two, gather, we are better. I'll have all the information down below. If you'd like to donate as well, I will make sure to get the cause that they would like you to donate to as well. Everything will be in the description below. Thanks for checking out episode eight of the Anything But Simple Talk podcast. I love talking to Danielle and Christina, and I hope you enjoyed listening to their story. As parents, we all have a responsibility to care, love, and protect our children at all costs. Whether your child has a special need or not, we're all in this together. And remember, don't be afraid to be anything but simple. The best people are.